1: Welcome to right presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. That's right, this is SpinRate, the Athletics Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays podcast, I should add. My name is Drew Fairservice, and I am joined as always by Athletic Blue Jays journalist, writer, reporter, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you?
2: I'm very good.
1: I'm glad to hear that you are very good. I want you to know that I'm not here to make friends. So I am here for you and I to really throw down. Uh, talking about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, talking about Survivor, whatever comes up. <laughs> We've just had an extensive off-camera, off, uh, off-recording discussion about Survivor, as Caitlin has brought me up to speed. A show that's probably older than she is. but uh, No. No? No. no.
2: I, was alive. I was alive when the first season came out. I want to say it Shut was up. like nine or, 9 or 10, maybe. I'd have to look at the year it came out, but I think it was around then.
1: I bet you you were younger. It's alarming. Shout out Richard Hatch. I don't know if he's probably <laughs> been canceled. He Didn't he go to jail or got arrested for He didn't pay taxes on his money that he won. Whatever. Let us move on. i got to stop screwing with this thing. Let's move on from Survivor, talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. But before we do that, I want to encourage everyone to make sure that if you want to read what Caitlin writes about the Blue Jays... Not about Survivor, that's what she does in her Tumblr, uh, on on her live journal back in the day. Uh, If you want to read about what Caitlin writes on The Athletic, about the Blue Jays, you want to read what everybody writes, with the trade deadline coming up, with draft coming up, so much going on, you're going to want to go to theathletic.com slash spinrate. We'll give you a tidy little deal for the year. You can get hooked up with all that good athletic content goodness. Also, you get to listen to this show ad-free. If you listen to it through the Athletic app and you're a subscriber, you can subscribe to the show whether or not you are an Athletic subscriber, though. You can listen to this show. You can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to go. Get that good Blue Jays coverage that we love to bring to you. Had a great chat earlier this week. We do two shows a week. I don't know if you knew that or not. If this is your first time, welcome. Thanks for giving us a shot. We do two shows a week. On The Athletic, I chatted with Scott MacArthur of The Fan during this week about the Blue Jays, about the bullpen, and we also talked about pride and about rainbow washing. We had a really good chat um, with Scott. It's always good to chat with him, but that's a great example of the shows we do during the week where it's me and a guest, and then here on the weekends, Caitlin and I get up to speed on what is going on in Blue Jays land. This weekend, when we find the Blue Jays, they have just come ever so close to sweeping the dreaded Tampa Bay Rays, but they only were able to take two of three they ended a nice little homestand, um, which of course had some not so not ideal outcomes against the Mariners. Played well against like, was that the was that the the fish the Marlins last week. God, the time it never stops. But mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack right now in Blue Jays land. We've got All Star stuff that's happening. Blue Jays are uh, sending four.
2: Yeah, count them. One two three four.
1: Count them four. One two, three, four. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is getting the start. Marcus Simeon is getting the start for the American League. Teoscar Hernandez, against all odds, out there mm-hmm. starting five for the American League All Stars. Hmm?
2: He's the the vibe.
1: Starter. He's there to bring the bring the bring the All Star vibes. Good for <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez, man. What a he's a, it's a great story. I mean, he's having a good season. Not quite as good as maybe 2020, but still hitting really well. Um, still a really valuable contributor to, the, to one of the best offenses in baseball. And, of course, yeah, he brings the vibes. He's going to make sure everybody is having a good time. He's going to vibe check the whole world come it. Maybe he'll hit in the home run, uh, the home run derby. He has the, Then he can have the opportunity to lose to Shohei Otani, like so many of us. <laughs> and then today, here Sunday, when we we're recording, the, it was announced that Bo Bichette was named as a reserve for
3: mm-hmm. the
1: American League All-Star. And also, future Blue Jay, Joey Gallo, also yeah. named to the American League All-Star Reserve. And also future Blue Jay, Craig Kimbrell. Lots of Blue Jays. Blue Jays representatives <laughs> all over the place. Um, I mean, there's not too much to say about the about um, the All-Star. I mean, four seems, might seem like a lot for a team that's in third place, but also a team that has the fifth-best run differential in all of baseball. I believe they're the second-best run differential in the American League. Um, you know, a lot of really good position players that are shoving this Blue Jays team along. Uh, and nice to see some good seasons, one great season, two great seasons, two very good seasons being rewarded here in uh, the Midsummer Classic.
2: Yeah, and I think it's also kind of really good on the fan base. You think you consider like the three starters who were voted in are obviously voted by the fans. And you mentioned that Tioscar Hernandez got that sort of last minute voting surge there. Um, But I think it's pretty good to see the Toronto fans and Canadian fans probably come out so strongly for a team that really they have not seen since 2019. You know, I've always kind of wondered, and I've written about it a little bit, and I've asked around, like, you know, are fans kind of missing the team? Of course, they're missing the team, but do they feel less connected to the team? Have they lost somewhat of some interest? But it really doesn't seem that way. I mean, obviously Vlad was going to get in, and I think more than just Blue Jays fans were voting for him because of the season that he was having, and he was so deserving. But um, obviously when you see a guy like Teoscar get in um, for that kind of last surge, and, and how much the Toronto Blue Jays were kind of pushing it. Um, Definitely the fan base is to thank for that. And we've seen that in the past. The Blue Jays fans have been really, um, I guess, strong voters. I remember a couple of years back, just getting Justin smoke in the all-star game was kind of a big deal. That must've been um, a season where they didn't really, they weren't, they weren't having a great season. Was it 2019? I don't even remember when it was 2018, maybe. Anyway, whenever it was, um there was a big push to get Justin Smoke into the All-Star game and um so they they've definitely been good voters. But yeah, it's it's nice to see um four players um four position players in the game. Kind of funny like you look at the Blue Jays have four, Oakland A's have one. <laughs> um I mean maybe
1: you should um have some fans, yeah. How's that grab you? Maybe don't make them come and watch your games in the side of an actual toilet bowl. It's a shame. I mean, it's it's it is. I've been thinking about the Rays as I often do. Uh, the Blue Jays, of course, took two of three from the Rays, but the Rays are still ahead of the Blue Jays in the in the standings. Only a, I think maybe what are they three and a half games ahead of the Blue Jays at this point? Um, the Rays are a re- are the one thing I will give them credit for, and this is get ready. This is like among the. This feels like one of the biggest backhanded compliments of all time. It's (laughs) on its way down the pike here. The Rays don't have any good players, right? Like you look at their numbers. You look at the way that they performed. The Rays don't like.
2: Position players.
1: Yeah. They're trash. All of them. One after another. Just, just (laughs) unbelievable trash. They don't have anybody who's like putting up big numbers. They have good. They're obviously a a team that has uh, prized what's the word I'm looking for that has prized um, uh, run prevention is uh, uh, something that ranks slightly ahead. Uh, obviously um, Andy McCullough wrote a really good story in the Rays uh, for the Athletic a few weeks back. If you haven't read that, I would encourage you to go do it. Uh, but like Mike Zunino is the top, you know, Ray by, by wins above replacement at two here at the halfway, just a, just short of the halfway point of the season.
2: All Joey star, Wendell. all hmm? star, Mike, all star, Mike, Zunino,
1: All-Star Mike Zunino. You know Joey (laughs) Wendell's having a nice season, but like, he is he even gonna put up a four-win year? Austin Meadows is a good player, but like, like they don't have any good players. But they're a good team, and that is, you know, a lot of ways sort of the model that you're not the model, but the way that people sort of get all excited, like, oh, this is what baseball is all supposed to be about. It's a team game, and if you want it bad enough, and you play the right, you can win and while I obviously will spend a lot of time looking down my nose at that, the Rays are credit to that and finding a way to develop a winner. But like at the same time, it's 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 just like last year when they were marketing the postseason and they put out that sizzle reel video and it's got all these it's got Fernando Tetis Jr. flipping his bat into outer space and Ronald Acuna and Vlad Guerrero Jr. and all these players. And then there's like one shot of a ray like <laughs> 55 seconds into this one minute and 15 second video because it's that's just not their model and that's 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 probably the way they like it all-stars are expensive they probably cost you more money um when it comes time to to pay for them and some guys might have an elevator in their contract for being an all-star whatever it might be but so i do want i do in my mind want to give them or in my give them a bit of credit for making a good team out of like dog shit about having no good players and yet still being even like the, you know, the relievers obviously are, are, are good players, not exactly going to light up the wins above replacement, you know, chart because they are guys that throw 20, 30, 40, you know, innings so far in the season. You know, Diego Castillo, race closer who pitched, uh, pitched today here on Sunday, who honest to God looks like he has no idea where the ball's going, <laughs> like just no clue. And he still gets people out. Good hitters. He got the good the meat of the Blue Jays order out, which is uh, you know not what you want. But and maybe the A's or something similar to that. I mean, Mark Kenya's is their kind of best player. He's hurt, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's hurt.
1: So that makes it tough. But yeah, in any event, congratulations to those Blue Jays who are going to the All Star Game. Congratulations uh, again. Maybe fun. Maybe to Oscar Hernandez hits in the home run derby. Um, it's going to be the Shohei Otani weekend. I think everybody kind of gets that already. Playing in the home run derby, uh, made the team, obviously voted on the team as a DH, and then, then today, of course, was ele- added to the team as a pitcher. So made the team as a pitcher and as a position mm-hmm. player, uh, which I hope they let him do both straight up. Um, I feel like they're gonna, there, it's going to be like fantasy baseball at the All Star Game, where they'll be like Shohei Otani. The pitcher is one like roster spot, and Shohei Otani, the, the position player, is another roster spot. So like he'll be in and out. It'll be like instructional league where he just like wanders onto the field when he wants to, and everybody cheers. <laughs> so shout out to Shohei Otani, of course, in the American League. He's got thirty one home runs so far. Vlad not leading the league in home runs anymore. It's just, can't keep the pace with that freak of nature. Place for the Angels, the other one. Now. Ray's series takeaways. You got any? What was it? Was there something that stuck with you this weekend? Is there something that is on your mind? Uh, I know we talked a little bit about a player on the Blue Jays who didn't make the All-Star team, but who has pitched very well. uh, Robbie Ray. I mean. I feel like, again, obviously, congrats are in, in order and, and to her Hernandez is a deserving All-Star, but it would be a little dicey to have five Blue Jays, <laughs> yeah. Joey Gallo notwithstanding on the, on the All-Star team. So maybe Robbie Ray sort of missed out where a guy like Hernandez would have made it in. But, uh, I don't know. There's obviously, Robbie Ray just keeps rolling. It's ridiculous how well he's pitching.
2: Yeah. So, um, big, big picture takeaways from the Ray series. I would say it's the Blue Jays sort of went into it circling this series they knew it was a big series um and they wanted to come out with come out of it with at least winning two of three and they did that obviously the ideal scenario is to sweep the race that didn't happen um but the first two games they played really well the friday night was a blowout played well saturday it kind of the final score was closer than um it should have been just because of you know one hit in the ninth with romano on, um, but whatever. And then, and then today, today, Sunday's game was sort of the Blue Jays kind of playing that classic game against the Rays where they just kind of make some defensive, um, errors and they make some base running errors. And when you're playing a team like the Rays and the margins can be really thin if you're not scoring a lot of runs, and for whatever reason, the Blue Jays have a really hard time against Ryan Yarbrough. And if you, it's kind of insane, actually, if you look at sort of his, numbers against other teams and then his numbers against the Blue Jays. It's like he's an ace against the Blue Jays and no one else. It's kind of incredible. I don't know what it is. It's and it's it's something that's like up and down the lineup. Although I think Kevin Biggio is like the only guy that like has hit him fairly well, but not not so in this game. But um yeah it's it's kind of a weird um, situation there. I guess it's just funny that can just happen. And, and of course, the Rays and the Blue Jays play each other all so a, a lot. So, the pitcher just has the upper hand in that regard. But anyway, yeah, the big takeaway is that I think it was a pretty fine series. Uh, all things considered, a sweep would have been better for them but they gain a game on the rays essentially and and the rays also look like n- not the team they were in may they look more beatable they kind of they're like their flaws are kind of being exposed right now some of that's cuz of injury like they obviously don't have like tyler glasno going for them and they've had a lot of different pitcher injuries but they're a team that strikes out a lot um you talked about they they're a run prevention team but you know if they do have those games where their pitching isn't holding up then they tend to be a team that doesn't score a ton of runs um and so you know they they looked less rays like less threatening to the blue jays um this weekend so i think like if you if you want like a big picture takeaway that might be it like it was not the disaster that we saw uh, whatever it was, like a month ago or whatever, when they got swept in four games and it was just one disaster after another, like one <laughs> one game was just worse than the other. Um, so this was a better series from that point of view. I thought the Blue Jays played a lot better. Um, outside of you know the um Sunday's game where they looked a little bit sloppy. Um, and that's the thing with the Jays. Like I think that they're a team where. They've almost put it all together at this point, but they still, to me, don't seem like a team that is completely firing on all cylinders completely consistently. Like, I do think they're, they still have not played their absolute best baseball yet this year.
0: We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first check this out.
1: I think that that the idea of run prevention is one that's that's kind of going to going to chase the blue jays around until they um improve it you know frankly mm-hmm. um like they are they're going to be uh, it's always going to be a trouble, a challenge. I know Stoughton was toast, was was tweeting about this uh, today, just talking about like how they where they are in terms of um, defensive runs saved, and in terms of UZR, uh, and then you can look at num- you know, which of course I was like sort of. Um, Iron age or bronze age defensive statistics. And then you look at more of the, the outs, outs above, uh, above average on the, the stat cast baseball savant. The Blue Jays actually like they rank pretty far down on those things. They don't really have a standout defender. This is something that we've been saying and they have, they don't have a standout defender unless, you know, your, your feelings on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at, at first are, are notwithstanding or, or what you feel think about Marcus Simeon, who's obviously done, you know, filled in ably. If not filled in ably, I should say has has adjusted to to life on uh, life at second base uh, well. If not like maybe not spectacularly, but he's he's fine. He's the least of your concerns. Mm-hmm. But you're still you're still sort of trying to figure things out. I mean, you've seen um, you've seen uh you know Kevin Biggio sort of playing a lot of different places a lot of you know and 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 never really seeing super comfortable. he got a bit of I guess he got he played it he played second yesterday didn't he and I think he he maybe had a bit of a booted a ball a little bit or just didn't just had a bit of a misplay but again it's it's tough because you're you're sending guys all over sending them all over the diamond, asking them to do a bunch of different things and I mean that's never really gonna gonna be his uh his bread and butter his the the ability to uh to to catch the baseball, as I should say, Marcus Simeon is having a fine year at second base. He's five runs above average, five outs above average at second base, which is pretty good, which is very good. But anyway, like so defense is going to be a challenge for them. Um, but like the Rays, you know, I, I've been, I'm trying desperately to, to decide if, if the, if you can track the Rays kind of struggles recently to when they um, decided that they were going to punish people who doctor the baseball and a lot of those rules came out and in place in around June fifteenth, at which time the Rays promptly went on a seven-game losing streak. <laughs> so, shrug. Uh, and then they've had another long losing streak after that. Uh, run prevention is hard to do when the when the other team hits the ball over the fence, which the Blue Jays, you know, did in the early parts of this weekend. George Springer, of course, hit a home run. The Blue Jays, um, you know, did a did a nice hit a home run on Saturday, I should say. The Blue Jays. Um, obviously during in the blowout on friday night uh we're really uh hitting the ball around so you know all those things they need to add up for for a team like the Rays to be good the blue jays offense i think getting back to your point about hit, running on all cylinders the offense is the offense especially now with springer back in is deep enough that um uh you never really have to rely on any one guy they're all they are going to score runs they have a, a significant amount of offensive talent uh you, you know they again they hit three home runs on friday night vlad george springer marcus Simeon. like that's hard to it's hard to catch the ball when it's over the fence when when you hit the ball onto the interstate you know kevin kiermeyer's only got so much range so you know the, the bullpen obviously was was a big plus in in april and then has come Crashing that d- back down beyond Earth through the cr- the crust into the mantle <laughs> below the Earth's surface, uh, but the starting pitching has been has been really quite good. Most of the season and the offense has been good. So there's just those couple things that if the Blue Jays can tighten up the defense, if uh, if that comes through an upgrade or if that comes through, uh, just maybe I don't know a little bit of good luck, a couple of good bounces, a couple of guys playing playing well, and then the the bullpen if, they, if the Blue Jays can kind of tie up those loose ends, then yeah, that that looks like a team that a is would be firing on all cylinders and b is a pretty fearsome team that nobody i don't think in the american league is really going to want to face i mean the yankees are right now are are a mess the red Sox are uh you know they're still in first place they're still doing their thing but they're not uh they haven't run away to hide they they won a big one nothing one nothing against oakland today that's a you know you don't i can't maybe the blue jays aren't the team you expect to, to ever win a game one nothing at this point but but yeah, it's there. There, there's a there's a lot to be, yeah, as evidenced by these all star selections, and as evidenced by the number of runs scored versus the number of runs allowed. There's a lot to get behind on this Blue Jays team. But to your, uh, to agree with you in a long winded way, um, there are still uh, there's still room to improve. There's still room that they can get better, and they can uh, and they can be among the better teams um, in baseball right now.
2: Yeah, one thing to build off what you were saying, or. At another point, the um, Blue Jays' improvement of the bullpen, uh, early early signs of Adam Simber were really good. He came out. Um, he's had, a, I think, at least three outings so far for the Blue Jays, and I don't think he's been scored on. He looks like a really nice pickup. He really looks like he fits in that. I don't know, like um, kind of almost like first or second man out of the bullpen kind of role. Like I think he can come on with the men on because he's really good at getting ground balls. And so he's a guy that you could call upon to get a double play ball or get, you know, one final out. Then he can come back out. I think he one outing he got four outs. Um, But he's also a guy that can come in, clean inning, pitch the seventh. So he's actually like the Blue Jays still probably need another, I would say, best case two more bullpen arms that are both high, high leverage guys that can really get guys out you guys that you can trust in the um, eighth and ninth inning. Um, But having a guy like Adam Simber just gives a, Charlie another option earlier on in the game so that you're not, you're not like really having to call on your best guy or really just having like two guys to go from, from like Mesa. <laughs> can we get, can we get six outs from Mesa and Romano every single time or whoever it may be? So Um, that so far looks like a a trade that's worked out, but obviously there's still work to be done, um, with the bullpen. And you mentioned starting's been pretty good. And I don't know if I should go down this road again, but I was texting with a friend, um, well, friend of the podcast, um, Josh Goldberg, host of uh, Jay's talk, and him and I were texting back and forth. Like, how would we grade the Blue Jays first half? I'm not sure if he put out this question to his, his listeners or whatever the other day. Um, and I know early on, what was it that I got in trouble for grading the off season or whatever, whatever I did. And everyone got mad at me because I gave them a B and not a C or something like that. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to start that sort of, um, start this discourse again about grades and, you know, go back to like my childhood and all oh, that. Oh, right. Revisit. That's what we were talking re- about. Re- the bell
1: curve. You were like, a <laughs> yeah, B is fine. Like, re- and you were like, B I'm,
3: is like a fail.
2: Yeah. Well revisit. Burn.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But, but, but I don't know if you wanted to say like, where you think this half season is, like, I think you'd probably rate them a overall B, B minus B. Like, is it, I don't know. They're not winning the division, but they're not too far behind. They've had to battle a lot of injuries. I think you could clearly say the offense has been like, give them a high grade, whether it's an A or an A minus, whatever. And then I think the bullpen's probably been low end if you want to give them a, a D or something like that. And then I think starting pitching's probably been somewhere between like, a B or high C, C plus. I don't know. What does that kind of average out to? Probably around a B. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I don't know. You've bl- you've you've, uh, you've you've blown up my preconceived notions on what a grade should be.
2: <laughs> well, just consider like I don't know. Consider whatever you think a B is.
1: Well, I mean, like what what. I guess relative to expectations, Uh, you know, the the question coming into the season that, that people were asking and, you know, I know uh, Mike Petrellio who we had on our show uh, on this show before was like uh, asking, you know, before the season and making observations like, man, the blue Jays have a really great offense, but like, who's going to pitch for them was the sort Mm of, was sort of the question. And in terms of, you know, ones above replacement, if you look at the entire staff, they rank 26th in baseball. As with a collective four wins above replacement, you know, that's, and that's, that's by Fangraphs, right? Which doesn't rate Robbie Ray in particular, uh, particularly well, uh, their starting rotation by, by Fangraphs wins above replacement is ranks 25th. Right. So like, you, you know, you've, you've, Hyunjin Ryu, that's something we haven't really talked about. It's like, Hyunjin Ryu has had a bit of a rough go here mm-hmm. in the last, uh, the last, I guess, six times out. He has not quite been himself. Um, his ERA is, is, you know, if, if that's your bag, it's still pretty good. He's just under a win. Uh, Russ Stripling is again, a guy who's, a guy who's, who's pitched really, really well, um, of late. But is, um, is, is not a, not like the kind of fip darling, I guess we could say. But again, if, so if you look at the Blue Jays from a, through a different, a bit of a different lens, you've got Robbie Ray's been really good. Kenjin Ryu's been really good. Manoa's been good and Stripling's been pretty good as well. Stephen Mass is mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, hit or miss. And then you've got just a bunch of, uh, a bunch of guys who have taken starts with the Blue Jays and have either been ineffective or like, you know, David Phelps started a game for the Blue Jays. Travis Bergen started a game for the Blue Jays. So in terms of like the top you know what the top four or five uh guys you can't really complain too loudly about what they've given you again Alec Manoa had a great start on Friday that's been a mm-hmm. huge uh boon to the Blue Jays he's pitched really really well um looking like you know he's ha- he's had his moments where he hasn't pitched quite so well and obviously the game where he hilariously got thrown out early on where he was <laughs> struggling badly but like you know, you would love to see a bit more from Ryu, but you can't complain about what you're getting from Robbie Ray. You can't complain about what you've been getting from, from Ross Stripling since he sort of overhauled his mechanics on the fly. Uh, and Steven Mats, again, you, you didn't really give up anything against get Steven Mats and your fifth starter is going to be a fifth starter. And if that's Mats, mm-hmm. uh, again, you're, you got to be fine with that. Uh, so. I would say in some ways they might have pitched even a little bit beyond expectations, the starters in particular. And I think that the relievers have pitched below expectations, even though the expectations were pretty low. You know, you can get excited about Kirby Yates. Like if we were, when you and I were sitting here in February and whatever, and trying to think about what's going to happen. But you know, as you mentioned, and we joked about Craig Kimbrell off the top of the show and they need some more, you know, high leverage or big kind of high impact arms. It'll be interesting to see when guys start to come back, Right. When we were starting to see, yeah, uh, uh, Ryan Baraki was throwing, um, and is getting closer to getting back. Julie Merriweather is throwing, not quite into, into simulated games and stuff, but is maybe on track for like an end of July. Here we are in, in the beginning of July, um, on track for a return. So what, you know, who, who of those guys you can count on, like Ryan Baraki's kind of, Maybe a little worrisome in terms of his splits and, and some, someone you might be a little wary of sending out there against some of the best right handed arm, the right handed bats around. But now you've got Adam Simber, who's the opposite, right? Adam Simber is the guy who's going to go up there and kill right handed hitters. So if you're facing the Yankees in a late season game and you got to get through Judge and you got to get through Stanton and you got to get through uh, Gary Sanchez or DJ LeMahieu, you know, you've got options that don't include Ryan Baraki. And then you can also go to, you know, any other number of guys. Julian Merriweather, the great wild card god only knows you can't count on him but he looked so out of control good at the beginning of the season like i'm as good as anyone as good as you can pitch right that's that's how well julian merriweather pitched in those first two outings um three i guess what did he pitch four times (laughs) (laughs) but like the the myth the 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 legend of those four outings so so you know in terms of grades you could say the I, i would give the starting pitchers Again, relative relative to expectations, you know. I don't know who I was talking about. There might have been my brother in law this this past week about about the kind of Roger Ebert school of of um, of uh, of film criticism, where like, he, what's a, what's a film trying to be, and does it achieve that? So you don't want you don't want to compare, you know, um, Fast and the Furious Nine to schindler's list they are out trying to achieve different things did fast and the furious achieve what it's trying to achieve uh in a lot largely from my what i understand yes i like those movies aren't for me but like it's not fair to it's you know you want to make sure you're making apples to apples comparisons is this a is this a genre film done well is what about it is good i what what did i watch the other day last night i watched uh no sudden move that steven soderbergh movie that was like good at what it was trying to be not the best movie of all time but an effective use of two hours the Blue Jays starting rotation has, I think, exceeded expectations and therefore deserves a decent grade. The bullpen somehow still underperformed relative to very low expectations and deserves a failing grade. So a st- uh, like an awful like a C or a C minus, like just
2: I gave them a D.
1: Bury them, bury them in the dirt.
2: They don't get an F because they had a good April. I would say that. A D is they bad kind of, though. D is a fail. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm giving them a D, but I'm saying they could be even if they were. If they had a bad April as well, then they would be an F.
1: Or if they didn't have Jordan Romano, they would be an F. They would be like a C in hell.
2: Speaking um, of uh, all-star snubs, Jordan Romano, I think, had a good chance. But they just – as a reliever on a team that doesn't have a very good bullpen and also to the point that we've been talking about the Blue Jays position players, were going to steal the show always. But Jordan Romano is having a really nice season um, by some statistics and um, I think, yes, or sorry, whatever day it was that he allowed a couple of runs. It was like the first runs he allowed since like May, the middle of May or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, he's having a good year as well. But uh, they don't they don't typically take a ton of relievers to the All-Star game. It's usually like just a, a few. And mm-hmm. there was obviously going to be guys ahead of him like Hendricks and Matt Barnes and maybe Ryan Priestley or whoever else is on the All-Star team.
1: Yeah, which, which is, which I don't think is the worst thing. I don't think it's the worst thing to, to, to not, to reward starting yeah. pitchers. I mean, maybe it's a bit of an antiquated notion, but it's the, it's the all-star game. It's an antiquated, yeah. uh, uh, thing as it is. But yeah, Ryan, I mean, Jordan Romano has pitched really, really well. He, again, he's the one who's, who's outpaced, um, um, expectations and, and that he gave up those two runs, excuse me, uh, on, um, uh, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, I guess. And that was the, First time all year he's given up more than one run mm, yeah and and you are right. He hadn't given up any runs since uh since may sixteenth so,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, but um, I don't know if maybe we should circle back just to Robbie Ray for a second, just because mm-hmm. I think at the midway point of the season, we can really say that this is the new Robbie Ray. I mean, I think that there was sort of parts of the season where. Maybe people were waiting. You're maybe waiting to see is is that sort of, like, shaky command, Robbie Ray going to emerge at any point. But really, like, you look at his numbers and, like, you look at just the number of strikes he's throwing. I think it's, like, he's throwing more strikes this year than he ever – has he's throwing more first strikes than he ever has. I think there was like, I don't remember exactly, but I think for the month of June, he potentially had fewer walks than Ryu or something like that. Um, there's been portions of the year where like, yeah, he's, th- he's had fewer walks than Ryu and obviously like triple the strikeouts because he's striking out a ton of guys. I think it was like last start where he had 10 strikeouts at- or at least 10 strikeouts. And it was something like he tied, um, most strikeouts in the first 15 games of a season for a starter tied with Roger Clemens for, mm-hmm. I think it was like 113 strikeouts in the first 15 games. So like with Robbie Ray, like it's almost like the Blue Jays were getting the best of Robbie Ray right now because even when he's had his shaky command um, struggles over the years, he was always able to blow by some guys, right? He could always kind of rack up the strikeouts. The problem with Robbie Ray is that he would also – collect a lot of walks along the way. Mm -hmm. And so the, the blue Jays right now are kind of getting the ideal Robbie Ray in the sense that he's throwing a lot of strikes. He's getting a lot of strikeouts. He's throwing the ball actually harder than I think he's ever thrown the ball. um, And he's not walking guys. And so that is a a great combination. If you were trying to like write out a script of like, what would be the the ideal Robbie Ray? I mean, this is kind of it. Like, and I guess the one sort of um, knock on his season is the home runs. He's allowed uh, I haven't checked today, but I think potentially he's allowed um, the most home runs in the American League. A lot of those home runs have been solo home runs like because he's not necessarily like loading the bases with walks or whatever. Today's mm-hmm. home run that he gave up was solo, right? Because Jansen uh, uh, luckily uh, threw the guy out, I think, a batter before, whatever it was. And so it was a solo home run by um, Wander Franco, I think.
3: And, um,
2: yeah, so, and, and Robbie even said to us today after talking to us after the game, like, he kind of was almost like confused or like kind of couldn't really figure out like the home run thing that he's struggling with this year. I mean, I think a one easy solution or not solution, sorry. One easy explanation is just, he's throwing a lot of strikes. And when you throw a lot of strikes, um, you miss your spot by a little bit and it's in the zone and the guy puts a good swing on it and you're going to give up a solo home run. And I think if you, if he, if he, if guys run into a few over against Robbie Ray every now and then, but he, but those are the only damage he gives up. I mean, I don't know exactly what his all his starts have been, but there really hasn't been a game. There's only been a handful of games where he's given up like four earned runs or whatever it is. I mean, most of his starts have been like three or three earned runs or less.
1: No, the 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 lack of um, the lack of of you know two and three run home runs is so huge for him, and it's well, it's huge for anybody. There's no, there's nothing wrong. You know, there's never, it's never, there's never a bad time. Uh there's never a good time to give up a three-run home run and and that's kind of what what got him a little bit the la his last time out when he pitched against Seattle where he did give up that three-run home run to tie France which was like a bit of an anomaly in that he he hasn't had that those, those kinds of outings specifically where where he gets himself into into a little bit of trouble and then and then gets got you know with a home run but he has given up 20 home runs which leads the American League I'm not sure about the National League I'm sure it's pro- probably pretty close but you can't you can't complain again it's it's it, it, i you would so much rather him be wild, not wild in the zone, but if he's going to miss, he misses over the over the heart of the plate a little bit or, or and gets hit rather than have him searching for the zone all the time and and having him walking the ballpark and running up a pitch count uh, There was some talk about that sixth inning uh when he went out well that was I guess that was the the, the last game um where the where maybe maybe they could have you know if if there was more confidence in the bullpen. Uh, you know, God only knows. was that even today? I don't remember. It when was, I was, it, saying was
2: it was today. So he got yeah. in a little bit of trouble on in the sixth inning, but then he came back out for the seventh. I think it was the race seventh, eighth and ninth hitter um, for the seventh, which I, mm-hmm. and I think he was hovering around like the 90 ish pitch um, mark. So I am imagine the blue Jays plan would have been if he had gotten into trouble with like the seventh or eighth guy, they probably would have pulled him and brought in the bullpen. Um, but I think if he, and he did, he um, got out of it quickly and he retired the side or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that probably was the thinking. It was like the seventh, eighth and ninth hitter. But I, to your point that you were probably getting to, and I interrupted was that, mm-hmm. <laughs> was that, um, yeah, I think the, the confidence in the bullpen plays into that. And it, at that point it was still a fairly close game because it was at least where it kind of broke open.
1: More
3: spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey, guys, this is JJ Redding. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash
1: Given what we talked about last week, when we talked about trades and trade targets and all that sort of stuff, um, you are not maybe in favor. You would not be in favor of trading Robbie Ray at the trade deadline through the Blue Jays. You, we 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 are aligned, or like, I mean, we we've been acting under the under the assumption the Blue Jays are going to look to add to their team. Yes, uh, as a, in an attempt to to make a, a very legitimate postseason run, um, as opposed to doing the opposite in in the Blue Jays. Going full, full villain, full, uh, heel and, and trading Robbie Ray and trading, trading Marcus Simeon and just being like, ah, it's not our year.
2: They, 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 Blue Jays will do trades similar to what they've already done. So mm-hmm. I would like, they traded Joe Panic. He's a, he was a roster, uh, or he was a position player for them. Uh, I mean, utility guy. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're opposed to like not trading anyone from their, 26 man roster um, if it's kind of on the margins. Like, like I know Ross Atkins has talked in the past before of like how teams can kind of get creative with like maybe bullpen guys and you can trade from your bullpen to bring in more bullpen guys, you know, trade guys with control for guys with less control or whatever it is. So like, Those trades, I don't know, I don't know who has value in the Blue Jays bullpen. There's not very many. And those guys, they wouldn't want to be trading their best guy, their two best guys, or whoever it is, three best guys, if you include Simber. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, to to your point about Robbie Ray, I mean, like, that would be so demoralizing for the Blue Jays if they were to, like, move Robbie Ray. Like, they would have to go, like, oh, and they would have to not win a game from here until, July thirtieth for them to move anyone that's like Robbie Ray or like um, or like Marcus Simeon or anyone else that was like you know on a one year deal and is having a good year
1: speaking of move, might Caitlin the Blue Jays be on the move here in July back to Toronto to play baseball games in front of appreciative Canadians? <sighs> I guess there was some news today that A, uh, TFC
2: mm-hmm.
1: is making strides to play games, the next game, I believe, at home, in, at BMO Field. I, I don't, God only knows where they've been playing. They've been stinking it up. They just fired their coach yeah, I saw as that. well. Uh, they have they have moved away from an attacking style of football and make, made everybody mad. Uh, I don't really, I haven't been following TFC. I assume I, I, I have operated in a constant state of like TFC is always bad, even though they aren't, they were like good last year. They won. <laughs> They were good they were for a good long for a time. while, yeah. but like, I just remember the bad old days. I didn't remember them so vividly. And, uh, and it was, it was great. It was great sport to make fun of TFC, but nonetheless, <laughs> they're coming back. And now there's been talk that the Blue Jays might, um, might come be coming back or there was a, there was a rumor. I don't know if there's any validity to it that they could be looking to come back as soon as July the 30th. Does that sound crazy?
2: Yeah. So the TFC deal is interesting. So I don't know the soccer schedule is very much. Um, Cause I don't follow it, but I guess they don't play for a while. So they're able to, they're coming back to Toronto to train for a little bit. I don't, I think they play a game and they're coming back or something like that and then they don't play for like 2 weeks till that July 17th day. And so I think the hope is that they can play that game here, but they haven't got approval to play that game here yet. They've just got approval to like come back. Hmm. I also understand that I think I read um on Canadian Press or Sportsnet shy story and also had Canadian Press portions in it or whatever. Anyway, um TFC or are fully vaccinated or almost all the players are vaccinated so that that also like makes them coming in easier. Cause obviously Canada is getting to a point now. I think like as of midnight tonight, Canadian fully vaxxed Canadians can come in, can go in and out and they won't have to quarantine. And certainly seems like we're heading to a place where we're going to see um, more increased travel once the border opens up, whatever that may be. But back to your point about the Blue Jays, I think that, um, based on you would know what I've heard and based on the reporting that I saw from Shy um, d v d that, um, the, the Blue Jays have kind of put an application in to the various levels of government to, um, kind of get that, that get that process going and, and the municipal and the provincial government have given their okay. And if you remember bit last year, this happened sort of similarly where the provincial and the, um, municipal government, um, gave their okay. And then it really was ultimately up to the f- federal government. So while it's good signs to hear you're getting approvals from different levels, it kind of ultimately rests with the federal government. But yeah, that July 30th homestand, which I I think it kicks off a fairly long homestand, probably 10 games. Cause I think 10 games is their longest homestand this year. So whether they're going to come back on like that exact day or just like in during that Um, homestand. It's obviously not a huge drive to get over to Buffalo. So I think they could do it between series if they had to, but I don't know, but that's obviously a target date end of July. And then the secondary backup date would be, I think August 20th, there's another homestand, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and I think I should point out, or I think I should say that I think those, these are targets because this is not something the Blue Jays fans would want to hear necessarily. But I think once you get into September, it will be harder to convince not just the players, but also their families who have kind of like made Buffalo home for the last couple months to then mm-hmm. move to Toronto for potentially like two weeks or whatever. I don't know. I think they only have like a two week home center, however it might be in, in September. So that becomes harder to convince. Do I think like in a perfect ideal world, if the, if the they could just kind of transport themselves to Toronto and play in front of their fans, they would do that. But just like the logistical stuff that goes along with the move and the families and moving cars and moving a lot of stuff, equipment, everything, it's a lot to ask. So I think you really got to circle that end of July, middle of August as the ideal dates Because once you get beyond that, it becomes a little bit difficult. You kind of have to think, is there really a point? is this more trouble than it's worth? Even though I think ultimately like it would be nice to have them here, but there's other considerations
1: for sure. And your, your point is a good one. When you look at September, they don't have anything more than two. They have two um, like six game sets at home in September, as well as starting the month. So Labor Day, um, I guess, I guess Labor Day, um, would be, would be at home. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the date that folks have been bandying about that Friday, the July, July 30th, that is, you know, as, as you said, their longest kind of 10 day, um, home game before they go out, uh, West, right? They are, they would be, they were, are home on July or August the 8th. And then they have an off day before they play in LA or in Anaheim against, uh, Shohei Otani and presumably Mike Trout and the Angels, uh, before coming back for another, like, you know, seven games here and then six games here. Um, so kind of getting those, those two kind of that, but that one long series is the one that makes that, you know, that's, that is a good and fair target. You, you wonder, you know, if they would be able to, to kind of pull up stake and move home, you know, in that, in the, in the preseason, preceding trip that includes a series against the Mets and then four games in Boston. Is that enough time to get the Blue Jays? Uh, uh, settled and, and done and dusted back in back in Toronto remains to be seen. It's encouraging for fans no matter what, and, and I, but I think that that human aspect is important to, to 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 talk about. And while those of us who may live or have uh, time uh, in Toronto would not trade Toronto for Buffalo. We would not, I would not, I would rather live in Toronto than Buffalo. Uh, that, that, the, be the ability to be unsettled or to, to be kind of thrown out on your ear and to be living out of a suitcase to the nth degree. I mean, a lot of these players, they, they live in Toronto uh, just during the season and they go back to their homes wherever they are in the United States or, or the Dominican Republic or, or further afield. Obviously, Hyunjin Ryu goes back to, goes back to, uh, to South Korea. But it's still, it's still that extra level of, of annoyance and that extra lo- amount of travel and plus coming in and having to get negative tests, even if they are fully vaccinated, they have to show a negative test on their way in. But I know the, we saw Mike Wilner uh, of the star was in Buffalo covering the team. Um, he has a bit of, he's in a slightly unique situation as he revealed on Twitter that he is a technically is a dual citizen. So he has a little bit of an easier time getting in and back and over the border. But, uh, but yeah, it, if nothing else is something to be excited about, the, the the prospect of seeing Blue Jays baseball in Toronto with, hopefully, people, you sitting in your seat in the press box and mm. me. Well, probably I probably won't be there. I'd probably be at home. <laughs> but uh, somebody would go. People listening to this would be there with bells on, cheering, carrying on, having a great time. It's exciting, if nothing else.
2: Yeah, it's exciting. I miss my press box chair. And my view, my, I actually had my spot in the press box because they moved the press box. I'm not sure if you were there when they, once after they moved it or not, if you'd been there, um, when they moved it to left field, but my, my seat in the press box looks right down on into the bullpen. So I could see the Toronto bullpen mm. getting ready. So that would be prime real estate right now. See which, see which arm is getting sent out there.
1: you there's no cheering in the press box, but there's definitely <laughs> booing. Somebody like Rafael <laughs> Dolis gets up and just, boo. Hurry up. <laughs> fuck up. Like you're yelling from the press box. I sat in that, uh, when it was the auxiliary press box.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: When, cause so in the old, olden times, that was the Argos press box. Yeah. And then it was like overflow press. So when I, went to Masahiro Tanaka's first start as a Yankee. That's how old I am and how, uh, when I was like, <laughs> had a, a daily season's pass and would show up uh, whenever I, whenever I could. Uh, but I got stuck out there mm-hmm. and I watched Masahiro Tanaka's start from that auxiliary press box. And then I, I, the last time I was the last, when was the last time I was down there? It, but probably it was 20, 18, I guess, was the last time that I went and I like, covered a game. And I interviewed John Axford. Does that make sense? Does that line up?
2: Yeah, that was 2018. I do yeah. remember you came. I do. I have a memory of you coming because you did a story on, um, um, Oh, and that was 2018.
1: I wanted to do a story on Oh. I you wanted talked him to, to him. I talked to him, and I wanted him to. I was asking him about taking people out for Korean food and, and I talked with him and I, I forget the name of the, 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 the translator, interpreter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I talked to Sung a, a little bit. I got to showcase my very rusty and very limited Korean to his, <laughs> to his, uh, bemusement. But, uh, that was that team, that bullpen was weird, right? It had, it had Axford and Oh, who was really good. And then a Tyler Clippard back in the day.
3: Mm-hmm. I a real
1: uh, rogue's gallery.
2: I think Aaron Loop was still in that bullpen then.
1: He was like the old man, right? He was the. Uh, Aaron Loop's still around. How wild is that?
2: He's not old though. Aaron Loop is like 32.
1: That's true. But he's I, a left handed <laughs> <laughs> reliever. So he's like born old. <laughs> uh, like the the, the former. And, and he played for the Rays, right? Which like ages anyone. That, that puts Miles on the odometer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's having a good year with the Mets, I think.
1: Yeah, I think he is. Ryan Tapera was on that team. Yeah. Ty Biagini, Giles. Tim Meza was around then. Bless Tim Meza. Yeah.
2: That was the season that he got injured, right? No, that was 2019, sorry.
1: Uh Josh Donaldson was still there when I was there that day. Josh Donaldson and Curtis Granderson was there. They we were talking about Babe Ruth or something. There was some weird <laughs> baseball history thing that they were discussing, like across the across the uh what? Oh. Uh across the the clubhouse and I tried not mm-hmm. to be involved. Luke Maley luke maylie back in the big leagues
2: is he with the
1: milwaukee brewers
2: yeah they're they're, speaking hmm. of a good they're having a really good stretch right here they won like 10 or 11 in a row
1: that makes it hard to for the blue Jays to trade for josh Hader, doesn't it uh which is which was which was under plan but he's got canceled but hold, hold on no never mind uh so yeah
2: what are we even talking about i don't even know we're talking about
1: the 2018 <laughs> blue jays and luke mailey who plays from milwaukee and okay. future blue jay uh, josh Hader, which is not going to come to pass but nonetheless uh oh and then the only other thing i was going to mention because we we meant i said the word prospect the prospect of watching baseball then i was going to make announce or make a point to say something about uh speaking of the all-star break uh, aston martin austin, austin martin will be playing <laughs> in the futures game yeah uh he'll be playing in the futures game because gabriel moreno is injured. Yes. Does he have a fractured wrist? Is that what I saw?
2: No, a fractured thumb.
1: Fractured thumb.
2: Yeah, a ball. Can't I win think he, for losing. He got hit 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 uh, by pitch in the thumb, so he'll be out a few weeks, which is unfortunate because he was having a great season.
1: It is unfortunate. He is having a great season, but hopefully he'll be back. Hopefully he will heal up and still have the power. Which sometimes those hand injuries can sap the power for for little bits of time for for some guys. But yeah, that's it. That's it. It's a busy show. We just talked all about a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. We were like, we'll do a quick one. C- g- shout out to to producer Cam, who is, of course, celebrating the 4th of July here while you and I speak. I'm sure he's doing things with with uh, hot dogs and uh, fireworks and having a bit of a different time uh, than we did this past week. I hope everyone was able to have a contemplative and uh, maybe, maybe or hopefully a very different Canada day than uh than the ones that have come before it so so hopefully there were you and anyone you were listening to or talking to around canada they were were able to have some productive or interesting conversations unlike those that you may have had um in previous years i think that uh, that seems to be in the experience of most people that i've come across um very different uh very different kind of canada day which is uh well a good step in the right direction but still so much left to do caitlin What do you got for the people this weekend? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tease?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm working on a few things in anticipation for the draft, which is coming up um, next week, I think. Um, And so I'll have some stuff on that. And um, yeah, so look for for that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I got my second uh, vaccine dose today on Mm -hmm. Sunday. So I'm not sure how I'm going to be feeling tomorrow. So I'm kind of keeping my schedule a little bit open early part of the week because I'm not sure how much work I'll be able to get done tomorrow. I'm not sure how I'm going to respond to the second dose. So wait and see. But I'll have something up tomorrow that I finish tonight on Sunday. But uh, I don't know how much I'm going to have on Tuesday. It really depends on how I feel on Monday.
1: Fingers crossed you'll feel okay. I I'm coming so. up on two weeks since my – my uh second dose and i felt fine i was lucky other than a sore arm i did not have a lot of of by of, of, you know side effects or or aches or pains or headaches or sickness so glad for that and glad that you were able to get your second dose so you can get out there get in the streets and get that microphone into someone's face and be like let's talk about the blue jays that's what, that's how you i understand is how you open most of your conversations like let's talk about the blue jays mm-hmm. okay what's mm-hmm. up Shenjin Ryu, you run right up on him. Microphone in the face. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. She loves Survivor. My name is Drew Fairservice. I do not like Survivor. (laughs) But we together make this show spin rate. And we thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We hope that you enjoy watching, listening to the Blue Jays this week. We will talk to you next time. Let's go.